Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hard to believe we're already into October, but, uh, you know, it's just uh, three weeks and a, a day away from the municipal election. Of course, a lot of people circled October 17th and read on their calendars. That's when pot is legalized, and uh, so the election may be an afterthought, if you can still gather them, that is. But nonetheless, uh, as the rhetoric heats up, interestingly enough, with the two principals, uh, Mayor Tory and Jennifer Keys, Matt, it seems like the debate has started to uh, enter into some well-trodden territory. The eastern part of the Gardner Expressway from Jarvis to Cherry Street, right out here in front of me at Chorus Key, uh, has been raised the specter of tearing it down and building a wide boulevard and uh, ensuring there's a vibrant community or neighborhoods and livable space and all kinds of land that can be sold and uh, yada yada. Jennifer Keysmat has proffered this vision. John Tory wanted to respond. He's joined us on the line. We know him, of course, as the incumbent mayor. Mayor Tory, good to have you on the Oakley Show. John, would you rather I wish you a happy bare naked ladies day or a happy senior day? Or both? <laughs> it's one and the same, John. You know that. All right. Good point. Listen, right. how about this thing uh, of, I, I didn't uh, think that this was still, you know, a debatable issue. The city had settled this back in 2015 to go with the hybrid model, but you're saying Jennifer Keysmat has flip-flopped. What do you mean? Well, here's how this unfolded, and I think it's a colossal step backward for us. Same old thing we do, like, you know, make a decision and then re-debate it and re-decide it. We had a decision that was very close of the council, 24 to 21, to leave the gardener up. And I knew that was a polarized decision, so I went back to all the neighborhood groups and some of the people that had opposed uh, leaving the gardener up, the ones that wanted it taken down, and we came up with a better, better model where Miss Keysmat's staff were instrumental, as she said on Twitter, in actually devising what you call the, the hybrid that then was approved by an 85% vote of the city council. 85%. When do you ever hear that happen? <laughs> and I'm just saying now to go back and say, oh, sorry, I didn't really mean it back then when I tweeted that it was a good job by my staff, and sorry that you know I didn't really mean it that 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 was something that was a better option uh, that freed up more waterfront land. And now we're going to start the debate over again and tear it down. With all that brings, by the way, thousands of vehicles into the downtown core uh, and all kinds of disruption, I would just say is, is a step backwards for the city. Well, she says it's a grand vision for those eastern port lands. And in any scenario, it would cost significantly less to build infrastructure on the ground to, than to rebuild it in the sky. Is she wrong? Well, you know, I'll tell you this. Uh, I, I, there's all kinds of calculations you'll hear from all kinds of different people, and there's all kinds of impacts on traffic we hear about. I just think we made a decision by an overwhelming majority of city council who took into account all of those things you mentioned. They took into account costs. They took into account freeing up more waterfront land, which the current model approved by city council does. They took into account the impact on traffic of one versus the other on downtown traffic and cars pouring and trucks pouring into the downtown. And we made a decision. And we made a decision by an 85% margin of the council. So to me, I just say, we can keep going back on these things just like she wants to do on the transit 
transit plan and say, well, let's move a few lines and shuffle some money around and delay us on transit. I just don't think we can keep uh, running the city that way. We've just got to move forward when we make a decision and get things done. Well, maybe the calculus has changed here somewhat. She talks about opening up more land for sales. Now, affordable housing has become a big issue. It's one of those cause celebs that you have to deal with and uh, going forward in the foreseeable future. If the prospect is that, you know, doing all of this and uh, gerrymandering the roadway and whatever, uh, is that not a win-win-win? When we moved, uh, John, to the uh, model that uh, moves the gardener, the, the new gardener that was approved by the 85% vote, up closer to the railway corridor, we freed up a lot of land, and some of that could well be used for affordable housing and for other purposes. That was part of what we did to make it more acceptable to 85% of the council as opposed to just over 50% on the first vote. And there's lots of other land that we have begun. We've put up 20 pieces already, I think around 20 for affordable housing, and we will do a lot more of that. But I think uh, that in and of itself is not going to be a reason. It's one factor uh, in deciding you know, what to do with the Gardner Expressway. But I think we made a decision based on all those factors, and now we should not be going back uh, to revisit it, especially when the consequences are uh, that it's going to make traffic worse. It's going to spill traffic uh, into the downtown neighborhoods. Uh, and I just don't think that is a good thing. I think we need to preserve the one ring road that we have around Toronto uh, that allows people who don't want to go into the neighborhoods not to go there. Well, you know, and uh, I don't know if this is in dispute, but again, I'm citing something that I've read in the Globe and Mail that the city's environmental assessment estimated that removing a gardener would add a few minutes of commute time for a small group of drivers. Well, it's going to add a few minutes, but, you know, when you add a few minutes for people, I mean, ask the people who are your listeners sitting in their cars right now in traffic jams uh, whether a few minutes is going to be something they think is a great idea. And that few minutes uh, takes away from family time. It adds to the pollution in the environment. It has a whole, it, it adds to the non-competitiveness of business because uh, people will tell you today that delivery trucks are tied up in those same traffic jams. And so, uh, to me, it's an overall package. It isn't just one thing about the time of driving or it isn't one thing about what land you free up or don't or it isn't one thing, uh, you know, that has to do with the impact on downtown neighborhoods. It's, a, it's an overall consideration. And as I say, when this model was put in front of the city council but two years ago, 85% of them from all corners of the council, uh, I think the vote was 36 to 5. So there were five people that did not vote for it. And I'm just saying those are not the kinds of decisions we can afford to keep reversing and then changing back and changing back again, including on transit, as Ms. Keesmat wants to do. We just can't go on that way. With Mayor John Tory. John, I'm kind of curious, is there even a, a grand vision for these portlands and development? I mean, you know, we're sort of talking about it in a piecemeal fashion, but because it's so valuable and you look at its location relative to the downtown, its proximity to the lake and uh, all these other wonderful things that would accrue to us, the mouth of the Don River, uh, do we have any long-range plan or vision for all of that? Yes, they've just, we just passed as a councillor, approved as a council, a plan that was kind of a framework plan uh, right before the last meeting, and it it, it, it it contemplates a lot of things there. I mean, it's a very big piece of land. It contemplates residences, uh, employment, film industry, a lot of open space and parks. So there is a plan. Uh, and so now what we have to do is fix the, Don, the mouth of the Don, because if we don't do that, that land is prone to flooding. And so that's why that has to be done first. And that's a great example of cooperation between the three governments. We're all paying for it, uh, one-third each. And uh, so that has to be done first. And that work, as you know, is underway. I mean, there's a great big park being built down there as part of this. It's very exciting, but we can't get on with the actual development of the land, which will be truly mixed use, recreation, open space, residential, a lot of jobs, but it's a big piece of land, almost as big as the current downtown. When do you foresee this all coming together or, you know, uh, 
in our lifetimes? Well, oh, sure. I mean, the, the work on the mouth of the Don, which does have to be done first for flood protection reasons, will be done by 2022 or 2023. And uh, the first major development that's happening over that way, just to the north of where you are, is uh, what's called East Harbor. And that's where there's a smart track station right there that has stimulated a huge development that's going to take place there of office buildings and some residential. I think it's mostly office, mostly work. Uh, but it's going to be a new transit hub there where all the transit comes together. So it's starting soon. I mean, I would say that the East Harbor will start in the next uh, 24 months latest, then the work will finish on the Portlands, and then you'll start to see the Portlands get developed and individual projects come forward to make application. Is it going to be cost efficient? Because again, to dial it back to Jennifer Keys, Matt's plan, she talks about this billion dollar price tag that's committed to the overhaul and maintenance of uh, the elevated roadway, where we know, I guess the deck is only good for about another five years. She said that's a billion. Her plan with a wide boulevard tearing it down and doing it at terra firma here would be about $500 million less. Yeah, one of the things she didn't mention, of course, is that in uh, repairing the deck, based on the 85% of council decision that was made, there's been contracts already signed for, I think, in the neighborhood of about $300 million because that deck does need to be repaired now. Again, it's something we postponed for years and it needs to be repaired now, and those contracts have been let. So you have that whole question to deal with as well, which is what do you do about these contracts that have been let that you're now going to, I assume, rip up or cancel or something. So these are all things that have to be taken into account, but I'm satisfied. When you can get 85% of Toronto City Council, which used to be 44, 44 people plus me, deciding on anything, that is a huge accomplishment, and it's not something, in my view, that you want to undo, because I think then you really have captured the consensus of, of people. And I specifically went out to sit down with the people who were opposed to leaving the gardener up to find out how we could make it more acceptable so that a lot of them could vote for it, and they did. And I just now don't want to see, for what I believe to be purely political purposes, uh, that decision revisited again and setting off another debate that will last probably for years. Right. Well, the 44-member council, uh, it's coming down to 25. I don't know if that makes it less unwieldy. Just out of curiosity, are you planning to endorse any councillors or prospective candidates, you know, of a certain political bent? I haven't up to this moment in time because, you know, there's that situation that's arisen. I'm sure you've talked about it where there are, you know, in some places, two people who are very supportive of the things I'm trying to do, build transit and so on, who were uh, both supportive and they're running against each other now under the system. So I haven't been involved in, uh, in that. I've just been busy trying to run my own campaign and I'm going to keep focus on that. All right. Always a pleasure, John. Thank Thanks you, John. for your time. Thanks. Yep. All the best. Okay, bye-bye. You take care. John Tory, Mayor of Toronto, and uh, he's, of course, ramping up the next three weeks. Can either make him or for do him quiet, as the bard once said. Uh, Jennifer Keys, Matt's plan. You know, funnily enough, I think there should be a grand vision, and I don't know exactly what the one Tory was alluding to, uh, so I'm not going to be critical of it. The hybrid plan, though, is kind of, uh, you know, partial tear down of the gardener, and the rest is maintained. But I do, as I drive every day coming into the Portlands, just see this big swatch of land. You think you can whack out a bunch of stuff, clean it all up, make the mouth of the dawn something truly attractive. And uh, it would really be one of those uh, destination points for the city. And uh, if that makes me sound like I'm really going soft here, (laughs) my apologies. But, you know, when you think of the Millennial uh, Parkway in Chicago, for example, along the shores of Lake Michigan, you know, they got a big park there and wide, wide, wide boulevard. You sort of wonder how other cities have got it right, and uh, we're still looking out over this barren wasteland. However, uh, in large part, I mean, there is some development taking place. I'm not going to jive you on that because I sit here right in the catbird seat looking out, and I can see it. But uh, I'm thinking the prospects of really exploiting it to its fullest. 
it's uh, an attractive piece of land. I'm sure if the right in the right hands uh, with the right budget and right timeline, we could really do something special. What here. year did he say? 2065? Yeah, boy, I don't know. Uh, by then, everybody will be celebrating National Seniors Day. Uh, so, you know, mark it in red on your calendar, October 1. That's the date. Anyway, uh, we do have this new deal. This one cobbled together with the United States of America. There's much to... Uh, unpack as far as that's concerned we'll do it with our panel after 520 topics worthy of discussion and a whole lot more i'll come back and uh, some other highlights if you will in a moment on the oakley show global news radio 640 toronto